0: Many of you know that it was just a little under 16 years ago now that Susie and I and Nathan and Hannah, Leah not yet being a part of the family at that time, we made our first trip out to Pampa. I had never heard of Pampa until that first phone call and so I did not know how to get here for certain and some of you have heard me say this before that whenever we exited Uh, there in Elk City to begin making our way this way on Highway 6 and then on to 152. I was not certain whether or not I was going the right way, the right direction. I didn't know if we were really going uh, to where we were supposed to be going, so I stopped and, and confirmed that I was headed in the right direction and, of course, obviously made it here that first trip. A few months later, I was called to... Uh, I was called to be the pastor of this church, and so, of course, we uh, loaded everything up there in Tulsa, and we began the trip here and uh, got moved in and got established, and soon after that wanted to make our way back to Oklahoma City to visit family and spend some time with them. And I want you to understand this because of where the message is headed in the next couple of moments, that after the first time driving here, I knew how to get back to what we referred to as home. I knew how to get back to Oklahoma City. After that initial trip, after that initial introduction of how to get here, and then of course, making our way back to Tulsa, I knew how to get back to Oklahoma City for any visit we wanted to have with family and or friends. That in mind, several of you or most of you will remember back when phones were just phones. You remember that? Whenever a phone simply, a cell phone simply made a phone call, and that was all it was good for, and you didn't have all the options and all the apps available then that you have now. So some of you remember buying your first GPS. I don't know if you would remember buying a GPS, but I remember buying our first GPS. I was fascinated that this little box knew where everything was. I was fascinated that this voice inside this little box could tell me where to turn and uh, what to to do next, and it would tell me within a minute or two of what time we were going to arrive at our destination. It was fascinating to me that this little box had all this potential and all this uh, promise within it. And so we bought this GPS, I don't know how many years ago, but we had been here for a few years for sure. And so we bought this GPS, and because I was so fascinated by it, I carried it with us almost everywhere we went. So if we were going to Amarillo, I would put it up there, and I would see, is it going to be accurate this time? Is it going to be right? Will we get there when it says it's uh, when we're supposed to get there? And and when we were going to Oklahoma City for different trips, I would put it on there, and and I would see, is it going to give us uh, the route that we need to take? And, And so whenever we got this, you know if you ever had one and you ever messed with the options, there was the shortest distance or the fastest route to take. And and I don't know about you, but I always want the fastest route. I want to get there as quick as I can, wherever it is I'm going. And so whenever we got the GPS, here is what we did. Going to Oklahoma City, I went ahead and programmed it. I put my parents' address in there so that we could know exactly where we were going, and I typed that I wanted it to be the fastest uh, route possible. And you know what the GPS wanted to do? It wanted to send me down to McLean and then hit I-40 from McLean. Now remember, I know where I'm going and I know how to get to my parents' house. And I looked at that and I thought, that is not the fastest route. I've clearly typed in, I want to take the fastest route. And I know that going down to McLean and hitting I-40 and heading east over to Oklahoma City, That is not the fastest route. And so we ignored the initial commands on how to get us to McLean. We got to Wheeler. And there at Wheeler, guess what it wanted to do? It wanted to send us south down to Shamrock so that we could hit I-40 and head east into Oklahoma City. I thought to myself, that is not the fastest route. I don't know what this lady inside there thinks, but that is not the fastest route to Oklahoma City. So we went past the stoplight there in Wheeler, and you know what it's like. The little voice saying, Rerouting, Turn Right. And what it was doing is it was trying to get us to get back to the highway that would take us down to Shamrock. I ignored all of those instructions. I ignored all of those directions, and I just kept moving on miles outside of Wheeler. You know what the GPS said? In three quarters of a mile, turn right. We got to this road at three quarters of a mile, and it was an old county road. I don't know if it was paved, I don't know if it was dirt or what, but it wanted to take me down this old dirt road or this old county road. And again, I thought to myself, this is not the fastest route. I know the fastest route. So I ignored that instruction. And once I got past its final instruction, you know what it did? It allowed me to stay on the route that I wanted to be on all along. And it adjusted the time for this new route that I was on. And you know what it always did? It always adjusted in my favor saying that I would be arriving earlier than what it had originally said I would arrive. What's the point? The point is this. I understood what was right and what was wrong. I knew the best and fastest route to get to my parents' house. And yet I had this little box on my front window there, mounted into that little mount there. And and I had this little box telling me what to do, but it was wrong. It was incorrect, and I knew it. So I got to this point in my relationship with the GPS. I got irritated by it. I got frustrated by it. I got to the point where I would ignore it just completely and entirely and not even program it. I would just let it be there on the dash showing me where I was. But I eventually got to the point where I realized this. I don't even need this crazy thing. Just leave it in the console, and eventually it made its way back into the house and into the box from which it originally came. But if I did not know where I was going, I would have believed the GPS and it would have taken me a route that I really did not want to go. It's fairly simple, is it not, by way of thought and by way of principle? That in mind, this morning I want us to look in verse 104. In verse number 104, the writer makes this statement, Through thy precepts I get understanding. Through thy precepts I get understanding. I think all of us by now who have been a part of this study for the last several weeks We know what it means whenever the writer refers to the precepts. It is a reference to the statutes or the ordinances or the teachings of God's Word. He does not say specifically in verse 104 that this is a reference to the precepts of God's Word, but we know because of context that all of this is dealing with the Word of God. So the writer says that It is because of the precepts or the statutes or the ordinances or the teachings, uh, uh, the commands, whatever you'd like to insert there, the, the thought would be the same. He says, through thy precepts, I get understanding. What does it mean whenever he says that he gets or he receives understanding? Well, it means this, to gain discernment or perception. It means to gain discernment or perception. And so here's what the writer says in the first part of verse number 104, that through the precepts, the statutes, the ordinances, the teachings of the Word of God, he is able to get or he is able to attain this understanding, this discernment, and this perception. Now the question that we might want to ask this morning, though really not necessary to an extent, but a question we may want to ask this morning would be this. In what areas of life did this writer receive understanding by way of the precepts of the word of God? And here's what we understand in this verse, that he is not specific as to what areas of life he gained the understanding. So what that seems to indicate and what that seems to tell us then is this, is that in whatever area of life he needed the understanding, God's word managed to address it and was able to give him the discernment and the perception that he did need. Okay, So even in the days of the Old Testament, even though it was a day in which the Scripture was not complete and and in its full form as you and I would have it today, there was enough revelation given by God in what the writer would refer to as the Word of God that he could honestly declare that whenever he needed understanding, whenever he needed discernment, whenever he needed perception in any area of life, Here is what he was able to do. He was able to go to the word of God. He was able to go to the statutes of God, the ordinances of God, the the law of God. He was able to go to God's word and get the instruction and the understanding he needed so that he might make right choices in his life. Now, this morning, I want to stop for just a moment. I want us to think about this truth, this thought. That as you and I go through life, there are going to be days and there are going to be occasions and there are going to be times in which we need understanding because we don't have the understanding and the perception and the discernment that we need. None of us have reached a point in our spiritual lives where we have all the answers for every issue that we face and every occasion that we find ourselves in. All right, so none of us have reached this point of of perfect knowledge and perfect understanding. And so if we're honest with the Scripture and if we were going to apply it to our lives to any extent, then here is what we could say this morning, and it be honest and it be fair and it be accurate, that if you and I need understanding, if you and I need perception or discernment, follow this, then here is where we need to go. We need to go to the Word of God. In what area of life, Pastor? In any area of life. So it wouldn't matter if you have questions about this area, fill in the blank, go to the Word of God. Somebody may say, well, I don't really have questions about that, but I have a question about this. What should I do here? Or what should we as a family do here? What should I be engaging in here? Whatever it may be, if you and I have questions... It is wise of us to go to the Word of God because the Scripture declares that when we are willing to go to the Word of God, the Word of God will give us the answers, the understanding, the discernment we need for any area of life. Understand this morning. This is so very important, okay? Understand... That for a child of God, there is no excuse for ignorance. There is no excuse for continued ignorance. I may not know what I'm supposed to do in this situation. I may not know what I'm supposed to do in this situation. But because I have the Word of God available to me, I am able to go to the Word of God and I am able to say, Lord, show me from your Word what I need in this particular situation. And if I am willing to do that, then I will have the understanding that I need. There is no excuse for continued ignorance in my life, because I have the word of God available to me. And there is no excuse in your life to live a life of perpetual ignorance. Well, I just don't know what to do here. Well, I just don't know what to do here. You know, I've been dealing with this for years, and I just don't know what to do. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Through the precepts, the teachings, the statutes, the ordinances of the word of God, we can have the understanding that we need. Do we recognize this morning, I hope that we do, do we recognize this morning the need of clear direction? This truth cannot be overemphasized. This truth cannot be overstated. This truth cannot be preached too often. You and I need understanding. You and I need clear direction where we're headed in life. We need that clear direction for this reason. Notice what it says in the next part of verse 104. He says, Therefore I hate every false way. Therefore I hate every false way. He says in verse 104, in the first part of it, that because of the precepts, I am able to gain understanding. Okay, Because of the statutes and the teachings of the Word of God, I'm able to get the direction, the understanding that I need. But he says that in this life, there are false ways. False ways. Well, what is a way a reference to? Well, many of you know this, that it's dealing with a direction or a path in life. So do you have the picture here maybe in your mind? Here's the writer of the verse, and allegorically speaking, he is going down a direction, he is headed down a direction of life that has been guided or has been determined by the understanding that he has obtained in seeking out the precepts of God's Word. So he knows where he's going, generally speaking, He he knows where he's at and he knows where he's going because of the understanding given to him by the word of God. But as he is on this path, as he is in this way, as he is headed this direction, here's what he says. That there are false ways, false paths, false directions. What does it mean for a way to be false? It means this, for it to be deceptive or fraudulent. Deceptive or fraudulent. I can see that this isn't really striking a nerve right now, but I hope that it will in a couple of moments. Okay, Here is the writer and he's going down this path of life. Why is he going down this path of life? Because the Word of God has given him understanding. This is the way that you want to go. So this is now the direction he has chosen for his life. But as he is going through life, there is a path over here that says, Hey, 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 take me. As he goes through life, there is a path over here that says, Hey, what about this path? What about this direction? Why don't you do this? Why don't you head this way? And here is what the writer calls those other paths. He calls them false ways or false directions. They would be deceptive or they would be fraudulent, which indicates this. That is not the direction I need to go. That is not the direction I want to take. Much like a GPS saying, turn here. No, 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 I I don't want to go that direction. Much like the GPS saying, go here. No, 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 I don't know how you got that programmed. I don't know how you got that in your mind, so to speak that that's the direction I'm supposed to take, but that is not the right way. Here's what the author says, as I live according to understanding from the precepts of the Word of God, there are ways out here, and they are fraudulent, and they are deceptive, and what they want me to do is take these ways that really I don't want to go. So how is he able to recognize False ways. The only way you can recognize the false way is when you know the correct way. If you don't know the correct way, you cannot properly identify a false way. So if you don't know, follow this please, if you don't know what the Word of God says you'll not be able to identify a misleading or a misguiding of the enemy as it relates to your life. The only way that the author could speak of a false way is if he knew the right way. So as he goes through life, here he is. He has understanding, he has some discernment, he has some perception because of the Word of God. But as he is going through life, here is what he recognizes. There are other ways out there that are able to be taken, yet they are fraudulent, they are deceptive, and those paths will not take him where he wants to go. He knows that because he knows the right way. But notice what he said in verse number 104. He said, through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. I hate every false way. The word hate in the minds of so many people is such a strong word, is it not? Not? Oh, don't use the word hate. Surely you don't mean hate. That's the word that the writer used. So whenever he uses the word hate, what does the writer mean? Well, the word hate means this, to detest something, to loathe it, or to despise it. He has no use for it. Much like the conclusion I came to with my GPS... If this is the direction you're going to try to take me, I have no use for you. If this is where you're going to try to take me and lead me astray, I have no use for this. Uh, Listen, I I, I loathe you. I, I hate this thing. If this is going to try to take me directions, I don't need to go because I know the right way, then I have no use for this piece of equipment. Now here is what the writer says. Because he has understanding that is given to him through the precepts of the word of God, he has no use for a false way. He detests it, he, uh, he uh, loathes it, he abhors it, he despises it. He has no use for the false way whatsoever. But it's interesting, if you look up the word hate, it also means this not only to despise or to loathe or to detest, to detest something, it also means this. To view as an enemy or as a foe. To view as an enemy or as a foe. Somebody says, well, what's the big deal about that? Well, think about this connotation here. I know the right way to go, the writer says, based upon the understanding that I've been given through the precepts of the word of God. Now there are these fraudulent, deceptive paths out there that are saying to me, take me, come this direction, come on, head this way. And he says, I've got no use for those things. Those directions, those paths, those journeys, I've got no use for those things because I know the right way. But I also view that now as my enemy or as my foe that seeks to destroy me. That false way is not my friend. That false way is not really having my best interest in mind. That false way, though it seems innocent right now, really stands in opposition to me and seeks to destroy me. I have no use for the false ways, because they're not taking me where I want to go, and because they seek to hurt me and they seek to destroy me. Think about that, please, for just a moment. The wisdom in that statement The maturity in that statement? I hate the false ways. I have no use for it. It is an enemy to me. Why is there wisdom in that and why is there maturity in that statement? Because if you look at the number of people who identify themselves as believers... Here is what you cannot deny, and here is what you cannot argue. The number of people who are headed down paths, they ought not be on. I don't know if you take this into consideration from time to time. I don't know if you make observations from time to time. But if you look at men and women and young people and even children... Here is what you see on so many occasions. Men and women headed down a path of life, headed a direction of life that they ought not be on. It is so in their relationships. It is so in their finances. It is so in their priorities. It is so in in so many decisions that they are making. You just look at their life, and one decision after another decision after another decision after another decision, it indicates these people are headed down a path they ought not be on. That being so it begs this question. Why is that? Why is it? Why are so many people headed down a path and headed to a direction they ought not go? From this scripture we could say it like this. There are only two reasons. Why is a person going down a path they ought not go? Well, it could be this reason. They don't know the path they ought to be on. Because they don't know the Word of God. But they say they're a Christian. I don't care. Just because they say they're a Christian does not mean they know what the Word of God teaches and what the Word of God declares. I know I've said this before, and I don't mean to be repetitive this morning, but, but if you ever listen to people who identify themselves as believers, it is shocking what people think the Word of God teaches, or what the Word of God is okay with. Just talk to men and women. Just talk to those who, again, identify themselves as believers. And here's some of the the ignorance that just pours out of them as it relates to scriptural principles and scriptural thoughts and scriptural ideas. It is amazing the number of people who have no understanding of what the Word of God says. When you begin to meet people who have no understanding of what the Word of God says, then it really no longer surprises us that they would be headed down the direction they are headed in this life. That is why, again, it is of utmost importance that we know the Word of God. And so many people sitting in churches, they know things about the Word of God. They think but they don't know the Word of God. How can so many people who profess to be Christians, who profess to be Bible believers, how can so many people be headed down so many wrong paths in different areas of life? Well, it's in part because they don't know the Word of God. But there's another reason why it happens. And I don't know which one deserves more of the blame or more of the credit, however you'd like to phrase that this morning, but here's the other thing that I think happens in the lives of so many. When a false way presents itself, if they do recognize it as not being in agreement with the Word of God, they don't view that false way as their enemy and as their foe that seeks to destroy them or their families or whatever is important to them. See, it seems harmless. It seems so innocent. It seems so inconsequential To go down this road of life. There's no understanding that this path. This way. Though fraudulent. Though deceptive. Though not in agreement with the word of God. They don't view it as their enemy. And as something that is seeking to destroy them. And so you talk to somebody like this, and, and you say something like, "Well, have you thought about where this is going to take you? And their response is, well, oh, that won't happen to us. Well, that, that would never happen to me. I wouldn't let that happen. Of course we don't think it's going to happen to us, But we're never the exception to the rule. If we go down the false way, it's going to destroy us it's going to defeat us it is going to conquer us and and so many times you hear things like this it's not a big deal it's not that big of a problem you're just making too much of this preacher you're you're just so narrow minded preacher you're just so legalistic i mean preacher you you've just got all these things you've got all these rules and all these regulations and and, and that's how you choose to live your life L- listen 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 people say that Because they don't really view false ways as being their enemy that seeks to destroy them. Their families and everything that matters to them. I want us to understand something this morning. That you and I can and should know The right way to go. We should know the right way to go. I don't want a big amen this morning, but I want you to look awake, okay? We should know the right way to go. We've been saved very long at all. We should know the right way to go. And we should be able to identify false ways. And whenever we see a false way, it ought to be that we say, I have no use for that because I know the direction I'm supposed to be taking. I know the route that I'm supposed to be on. We ought not have any use for any voice that would try to take us off the path that God's Word leads. And as we have no use for the false ways and the false paths that try to get our attention, we really do need to view them as an enemy and as a foe and something that is a threat to us and everything we care about. I wonder this morning, I just wonder this morning, How many of us are students of the Word of God? I don't mean scholars, but I mean how many of us, as we're going through life, we're saying, Lord, I need to know the direction that your Word gives. This is so basic. This is so elementary. It's like what we talked about last last Sunday night, but... If we're not in the Word of God, we cannot begin to pretend that we are students of the Word of God, able to know the right direction that we're supposed to take. We need to ask ourselves, am I a student of the Word of God? Am I seeking the understanding that only God's Word can give? If not, you know what will happen? The false way will call out and say, hey, turn here. Turn here. Turn here. And you know what will happen? Because of ignorance, we'll turn where we ought not turn. If we're not really students of the Word of God, we'll go places we don't really want to go. We'll engage in things we really don't need to engage in. But here's another thing. If we don't consider... The false ways as a threat to us, it may not get us the first time. But at some point it'll get us in our walk with the Lord. Because see, if it's not a threat, and if we don't really view it as a threat, then what'll happen is this. It'll keep calling, and it'll keep seducing, and it'll keep pulling at us. Whatever it is, And if we don't recognize it as the enemy that it is, we will eventually make concessions for it. And that path and that direction will destroy us. You and I have got to know where we're going. And the only way we know where we're going is when we have understanding that is found in the truth of God's word. Are we students of his word? Let's all stand this morning and bow our heads for prayer. Father, I pray that you'd bless the invitation. I pray that you'd use it this time of prayer to help us focus on our walk with you.